at long last, we may finally be getting a full version of Adobe Photoshop for the iPad. So this is actually a pretty big deal, even if you're not a graphic designer, if you just use Photoshop on a rare occasion, again, pretty big deal. I'll be giving you the details here shortly. Plus, should you self-host your website or should you use another third-party service? We're gonna talk about that and a whole bunch more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. So Adobe may finally be bringing a quote-unquote full version of Adobe Photoshop to the iPad, which is a pretty big deal because this is actually, for me as a designer, this is something I've wanted for a really long time. Uh, I've been using Adobe Photoshop pretty regularly, almost on a daily basis since like sixth or seventh grade. So for me, Photoshop has been a huge part of pretty much every part of the work that I do and have been doing as a graphic designer. However, one of the things I've, I've mentioned over the years is that Adobe Photoshop is such a flexible image editing piece of software. It can do so much that I personally think it'd be it's worth just about anyone knowing. Uh, even if you just have family photos that you want to retouch or if you want to create your own you know, advertisements that you're going to use on your website, there's just so many uses for being proficient in something as powerful as Photoshop. Again, I'm just a big fan of pretty much anyone and everyone using it. Now, one of the difficulties, though, with learning Adobe Photoshop is that it just has so many tools and features and functions, and they don't slow down. They're always adding more to it. In fact, every time they do another major release to Photoshop, I'll see a tool or something in there that they've added, and I'll have to sit there and I'll I'll just ask me, like, what is this? Like, what is this supposed to do? So I'll have to do some research. I'll figure it out. So it's always changing, but the bulk, the core of Photoshop has remained pretty steadfast for the last oh, I would say up to about 10 years, the core of what Photoshop is and does has remained pretty consistent. But for a while, one of the things that I've always toyed around with is getting a Wacom tablet or some, I've used Wacom tablets in the past. If you're not familiar with them, a Wacom tablet is just a tablet that you use in place of your mouse and you use a pen as your, your cursor. So it gives you a lot more control. Photographers use them, designers use them, uh, videographers use them as well, just because you get a lot more control over them. One of the difficulties though with using something like a ta Wacom tablet, like a Wacom bam Bamboo or some of the other tablet models that they have out there for your computer is that you're not actually writing directly upon the screen. You're not writing directly upon the surface. You're writing, it's almost like a trackpad but with a pen. Um, so Wacom has come out in the past with screens that you can actually use that connect to your computer. Uh, they're monitors that you can actually draw on. But again, there's always just been this disconnect where there's just never really quite gotten it right. And those those screen tablets, really expensive. And so again, it's there's never really been a great solution. So when I saw that they're getting ready to release Photoshop for the iPad or they're at least working on it, that's a pretty big deal. So in previous episodes and in a video I recently released over at rightly.tv, I showed some of the details of how I actually use my tablet. 
to do to take a bunch of notes and everything like that. So one of the things that's always been lacking has been the ability to use Photoshop on the iPad, especially now that they've got the technology down so well with the Apple Pencil to be able to have a lot of control and fine tunes and everything. It would just make, the, in my opinion, the perfect image and photo editing experience. So it's a really big deal. So Gizmodo has a story where they cover uh, bits and pieces of it. And it says in the story, Adobe is bringing the full version of its industry standard Photoshop app to the iPad and its other desktop apps may follow according to a report from Bloomberg today. Get ready to unsharp mask all the things. Bloomberg reports that the full version of its Photoshop app for Apple Inc.'s iPad is on the way and an unveiling is expected in October during Adobe's annual Max conference. A proper launch is reported, uh, reportedly slated for sometime in 2019, barring any unforeseen delays. Adobe's apparently reworking the interface to make it easier to use on touch inter or touch devices instead of just a flat out porting of the desktop version to iOS. So that is a big deal as well. That's one of the big problems with you, with just purchasing something like a Wacom tab screen tablet is you're literally using Photoshop as it is and Photoshop as it is was not designed for a tablet. So it's great to hear as well that they are going to be reporting it over or kind of redesigning the interface to make it a little bit easier to work with for people who are using a touch device. It goes on, it says you'll be able to use, you'll still be able to use the classic desktop app as you see fit. The redesigned app will be offered as an alongside to the traditional version of Photoshop, at least at first. Adobe is also working on touch friendly, yet still apparently full blown versions of other apps such as Illustrator, although that app is a longer way off from being released. So the article goes on with some of the, some of the details. As always, I will leave a link to that in today's show notes, which is rightly.show slash 60. But again, really interesting stuff. If you work with any sort of image editing at all, if you're a Photoshop user, this is really big, big news for me. I actually think that I already have an iPad, but if I didn't already, I would buy an iPad specifically for this. So in a future episode and in some future videos, what I'm probably going to do as well is give some basic beginning tutorials to using Photoshop, even if you're not a designer. Uh, so let me know if that's something you'd like to see as well, and I'd be happy to put those together. But again, check this article out for some more details, along with some timelines uh, in terms of what it's going to look like as we start to see this rollout for the iPad. And again, you can see today's show notes over at rightly.show slash 60. Become a Rightly subscriber and never miss a thing. Go to rightly.show slash subscribe to get the latest tools, resources, videos, and more. Best of all, it's free. Rightly.show slash subscribe. Okay, so today I wanted to take some time to talk about self-hosting your website. So the first thing that I'll touch on is a lot of the services out there that exist today for hosting your website. You have the Wix, you got the Squarespace, you've got tons of different services out there that are very plug and play. So what the, what you typically do is you sign up for their service. They give you a collection of templates to choose from. You can typically drag and drop how you want the layout to look, you change the colors and the fonts, upload some pictures, and you got your basic website. And for a personal website, for a website that is not created in any sort of way to generate income, I think that works. Uh, I think it's a real basic and simple solution. You don't base your livelihood upon it. It's important to a degree, but again, it's not something on which you base your livelihood. For anyone who's running a business 
on which their website is an important pillar of that business, I think you should always, 100% of the time, self-host your website. So here, there's a lot of different reasons for that. Um, but first, let me kind of describe what self-hosting is. So self-hosting your website just means that you're in complete control. So typically what I recommend, I'm 100% these days recommend WordPress. I use WordPress myself. I build WordPress websites um, just because I think it's the most powerful and flexible service there is out there or framework that you can use for hosting your website. But when you ho when you self-host your website, there's kind of a common misconception that gets tossed around a lot that if you self-host your website, this means that you have to set up a server like in your basement and you have to, you know, configure the server and, and do everything yourself in order to get that website up and running and while yet remaining in complete control. This isn't the case anymore. Nowadays, you can get hosting yourself through a third-party service, and then you can go and then you can set up and configure that host to host it for you. All self-hosting means is that you are in control of what you are doing with that website. If you use something like Wix or if you use a Squarespace or if you use some sort of framework that has the, the functionality of the website tethered to the hosting itself, you have lost control. At that point, you are limited to what that service allows and enables you to do. You can't say, for example, hire a website developer to build a membership site on top of that or to build on top of that a number of different features or to completely customize the layout from the ground up. You know, from a code perspective, you can't do that. You have to use what the tools that they put, they lay at your feet. And if you want something beyond that, well, then you're stuck. You have to build something outside of that. So that's kind of the main difference between self-hosting your website and then using a service that hosts your website that tethers the, the actual functionality of that service to your host. So what you would do typically if you're going to self-host your website is you would want to go and find a host. So what I typically recommend Media Temple. There's a lot of them out there. What I do recommend, however, is that whatever host you choose, that you make sure that you choose one that is optimized to the platform that you're using. So again, I always recommend WordPress. So I always recommend that you use a WordPress host, a host that has been set up, customized and tailored to hosting WordPress. So I've got um, a link as well for a free trial if you'd like to try out Media Temple, mediatemple.com, or I'm sorry, you can go to uh, rightlydesigned.com slash mediatemple. That should give you a discount, free trial and everything in there as well. Uh, but whatever host you use, there's a lot of them out there. You can use WP Engine. There's a ton of them out there that are hosts that specifically host WordPress websites. You're gonna wanna find a host that it specializes in the specific type of, of, of platform that you're going to be working on. Now, what I don't recommend, this actually goes against the grain of a lot of what other people online say these days, but coming from a developer standpoint, somebody who's worked on a lot of different websites, I don't recommend that you use something like Bluehost or HostGator or a lot of the other hosting companies that most of the that most of the online marketing type crowd tend to promote. There's a number of different reasons for that. 
Uh, I don't recommend them a lot of times because of performance issues, number one. Uh, they're not tailored. They're not set up to be able to run WordPress really efficiently. There's shared hosting, which means that you share your space on their servers with dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds or even thousands of other people running websites. And so what that means is that if there's a big spike in traffic by one of the other people on that grid or on that sector or that cluster of servers that you're working on or that your, your site is hosted on, it can impact your performance. In the past, I've actually had client sites go down or go slow down so much that they were barely usable specifically because somebody else on that sector of that server was consuming a ton of the resources. Now, some uh, self-hosting companies, some hosting companies have gotten better at that. But typically, if you're running something that is tailored to WordPress, they've got that nailed down a little bit better. Not always. A lot of uh, hosting, WordPress-specific hosting uh, is shared as well. However, it's typically, in my experience, those WordPress hosting services have, have been set up in such a way as to load balance a lot better than those just kind of generic hosting uh, companies out there. Another reason is that the, the self-hosted WordPress options, the WordPress-specific hosting options I've used in the past, are typically a lot easier to use. Typically, just one-click install, WordPress is set up, and you're good to go. Uh, you don't really have to mess with uh, installing WordPress yourself or anything like that or contact the, contacting their support to do that for you. It's really easy. You just set it up uh, with a click and then you install WordPress. You have WordPress installed and you're, you're ready to go. You install your theme uh, and you're pretty much ready to go from there. A lot of them as well have built in automated site backups and security and things that you would have to set up your house, yourself if you used some of the other options. So again, like the blue hosts of the world, um, HostGator, you have to do a lot of this yourself. And in my experience, and again, you're talking to a, de a web developer, someone who builds websites for a living, they're just not easy to use. The navigation menus are horrible. The way that's organized are extremely difficult. Uh, and in some of these, I've noticed that uh, the support is just terrible as well. Uh, I've always been impressed with Media Temple's support. I haven't had as much experience working with WP Engine support, um, but Media Temple support has always been amazing. And for me and for anyone who's running a website, that is essential. Okay, so some of the reasons why you would want to self-host your website. Why would you want to go through the trouble of having to find a host, find a WordPress theme, install it all, get it all up and running yourself? When it comes to running your online business, I already touched on this previously, but I wanted to expound upon it a little bit more. When you're running your own online business, you need the room and the ability to grow. It can't be something where you're boxed or tethered in. I've touched on this quite a bit in previous episodes and previous content in general, but when it comes to building an online business, it, your, your website is not a business card, it is your business. A lot of people, when they approach the concept of getting a website, specifically if if you run something that's more brick and mortar or more consultative or where your website is more informational, less content-based, a lot of people tend to approach it as a business card. That's why the Squarespaces and the Wixes of the world are so popular because they just make it so easy to set up a website and you're done. The problem is that those websites are not designed or tailored in any way to build your email list. 
to help you grow subscribers, to sell more of your products, to sell more of your coaching services or whatever it is that you offer. None of those are set up to do anything other than to make it easy for you to tell people who you are. Again, that's a business card. That's not a business. A website, on the other hand, needs to have strategic opt-in placements. It needs to make it easy for you to regularly create, upload, and manage content. And that's why a WordPress website is so essential. And those are the type of websites uh, that I either build for clients or that we offer over at Notable Themes. But again, the big, the bigger thing to take away here is that you need to make sure that every single uh, piece that you have to your website is meant to grow your business. And not only that, but you need to be able to grow your website with your business as well. The problem, again, as I touched on earlier with something like the Wix or the Squarespace or something that's enclosed, is that if you decide at some point in time, let's say you've got a really basic website that you've built on a completely closed platform, and it's just informational based, it's just got pages and a contact us form, but then let's say at some point in time, you want to begin adding content. You wanna add a podcast and a blog, and uh, you know a weekly video or something like that. Well, if that particular platform does not allow you to do that, then you have to start from scratch. It's not just a matter of being able to tack onto it. You then have to add, you have to start completely from scratch, which means at that point, you then will have to go to some sort of self-hosting platform or find another platform that has all the variables that you need to be able to uh, incorporate that into your site. Creates way more work. Uh, as opposed to just starting from the very beginning self-hosted, even if that means you get a self-hosted website and you just start with a free WordPress theme, even that, in my personal opinion, is better than paying for a service that's that's enclosed because you always have the opportunity or the option in the future to buy a premium WordPress theme or even have somebody custom develop something for you. This makes a huge difference in the long run. And another big reason on top of that is the ability not just to switch out themes or something like that, but to actually expand a theme. If you want to have a theme do more than it currently does, you can hire a developer to create a child theme or write plugins for it. Or best of all, you can find plugins for free. The WordPress repository has tens of thousands of free plugins that you can get, you can install to expand the functionality of WordPress to do whatever you want it to do. Uh, and even beyond that, even beyond the free plugins, there's a ton of paid plugins that do even more. So again, there's a lot to uh, building and managing and maintaining a website, but I would always recommend going the self-hosted route over doing something that is uh, fully contained for those reasons. Another big reason is control. So this is a really, again, this comes back to having, to building your business based upon your website. Control is key. And a big thing about running a website uh, that is self-hosted, you have complete control, which means you get to pick how often it's being backed up because you can use a free plugin, you can use a, a, a paid service. You can switch from host to host. Let's say that you get sick and tired with Bluehost and you want to switch to another one. You can do that yourself. You can you have access to all the theme files, all of the content. It's all yours. You can hire someone to export that in any way, shape, or form. Or again, as I mentioned, you can use a tool or a plugin to do that for you, as opposed to some of these enclosed services where you are completely at the whim of how they are going to allow you to export 
your service. At that point in time, you can pick and you can move to any platform that you want. Another reason uh, I typically recommend this is that out of all the platforms that exist in the world today, WordPress is used the most. I think it's last time I checked, I think it's 46% of all websites on the internet currently are ran on WordPress. So why does this matter to you? The reason this matters is that let's say you're on a platform that for whatever reason has some trouble and it ends up, you know, folding. They end up going out of business or they, uh, or they maybe get sold to another company and that company just doesn't run the, the upkeep, the service as well as they should. Well, at that point in time, you're tethered to them. You again, either have to start over or you have to hope and trust that that company continues to maintain that service well, otherwise your business goes down with them. On the other hand, if you are using a self-hosted WordPress website, you're using a free and open source version of WordPress, which means that, again, it's free and open source, you control it. If your hosting company, similar to the previous example, starts to have trouble and they, or they get sold or your customer support is bad or there's an element to that hosting company you don't like, you can switch to another hosting company. You still have complete control over everything that happens uh, to that website and to all the content. Another aspect to that, again, with the fact that so many different people use the free and open source version of WordPress or the self-hosted version of WordPress, is that support is virtually endless. I found this myself as a developer. If I ever get stuck or if I ever have a customer or a client who gets stuck with using WordPress, I know that because WordPress is so popular that you have an endless treasure trove of resources at your disposal, even in something like YouTube or even just articles on the web or courses. I offer a number of different courses, some of them free, um, that teach you how to use and to troubleshoot WordPress. So you never have to worry about you know, being a part of an obscure community or an obscure framework that not a lot of people are experts in. Um, again, WordPress and the free and, uh, and open source version of it make it pretty much endless in terms of the possibilities. So if you're looking to start an online business or if you already have one, I highly recommend, even if you're on a limited budget, start with a self-hosted option. If you have to use one of the more budget, cheaper versions of hosting out there today, totally fine. That's always going to be better than entrusting the future growth of your online business on a platform uh, that doesn't have the ability to grow and to expand. Uh, so hopefully you found this helpful and useful. Um, again, I highly recommend you start just even if it's with a free theme, uh, start out with something that is self-hosted that you can so that you can expand from there. So one of the other things I did want to mention as well is that we're regularly creating and releasing new tutorials and videos over on our YouTube channel, which you can find over at rightly.tv. And also, uh, one of the things that we're going to start doing pretty regularly over there as well is we're going to start doing some giveaways. Uh, so I mentioned previously that uh, I create WordPress themes over at Notable Themes. Well, one of the things that we're going to be doing on that YouTube channel is regularly giving away a free copy of our themes. We also got t-shirts and a bunch of other tools that we're going to be giving away, but you're only going to know about those if you are subscribed over at a YouTube channel. So go to rightly.tv where you can subscribe. You can also subscribe 
uh, over on our email list, we provide some useful tools and resources that are exclusive to that resource as well. And you can find that over at rightly.show slash subscribe. So as always, if you're finding The Rightly Show useful, we always appreciate it if you take a quick moment to jump on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, subscribe if you're not already. And until next time, go out there and create a brand that is truly rightly designed. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing.